Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. Brothers and sisters, welcome Pastor Shabelli. Thank you. If you would stand with me and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just so privileged to be here. This is a great uh, spiritual experience in my life. I would ask that you would pray for me. I have to preach four times on Sunday. The voice is kind of wavering a bit. Um, And then I'm on my way to West Africa. So keep me in your prayers. I covet your prayers. And I've had an amazing time here, and I wouldn't have missed this. I said to my wife, the first time in 50 years we haven't been together at New Year's, but I'm in Kansas City, and I love you. But it was awesome, and it is awesome. So 2 Corinthians, I received news today about uh, an 80-year-old couple that moved to Malawi. 80-year-old couple that joined our team or with our team in Malawi. I just said, how old? 80 years old. That is amazing. Wow, there's hope for us. (laughs) I'm not 80, but it's closer than you think. 40 years ago, I heard a radio program, and it stunned me. I was in my car and I was stunned by what I heard on the radio. It was the message of grace. And I heard it from my pastor who's gone on to be with the Lord and I pulled my car over and I couldn't move. I couldn't move. And I said, I have to find the voice. And it took me like a month to find the voice. I went everywhere to find where the voice came from. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7. I've often wondered why people have such a hard time trying to figure out what Paul's thorn is. He says about four times, least I be exalted above measure. I wonder if that has a direct connection to his thorn. Spiritual pride. He was a spiritual genius. Verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Get this out of me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Father, thank you for this amazing fellowship. The church is here. The men and women that are represented here, the young people, the teens, the children, the families. God, I pray a spiritual revival that it will continue. You build people up in the most holy faith. 
I thank you for the fellowship, the friendship, the relationships, the love. So bless this message. Give us an ear to hear tonight that I would just cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To take control through a decision in my mind. What my body feels like, tiredness, anxieties, concerns, human reason. Just to have an ear to hear an open heart. So Father, bless the message and the people that are here. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Pastor Allen was saying something about the message of grace tonight for a few minutes, and I thought, he really is, uh, he is the message of grace. And of course, many people are, but I, I really just love his heart. And it's very interesting today that when you speak about grace in the finished work, that many people will look at you like there's something wrong with you. When I went to Africa, and I've been working in missions for 40 years, I was told, if you preach this message, no one's going to follow. And I said, wow, that's interesting. Well, if I preach the truth and no one follows, that's just the way it is. I'm not really concerned about that. And I was told time and time again, this message of grace. And by the way, you know, some people really do not understand, what is grace? Well, the Bible says in John 1, 16 and 17, it is God's fullness and God's glory. So grace is not just an attribute of God, but grace is the fullness of God and the glory of God. It's who he is and what he's done. This is, this is not just the message of grace. Jesus is the person of grace. And how important it is for us to bring this gospel. When we think about a lost and dying world, you know, we think about what's going on. You know, if you look at this portion of scripture, I was studying this this afternoon. 39 times from 2 Corinthians 11:18 to 12:10, it talks about 39 things that Paul was in. In persecution, a day and a night in the deep, and, you know, uh, just beaten continually with rods. He talked about 39 things he was in. But then God's answer to him and God's answer to me, regardless of what I am in or what's taking place in my life, whatever trial or test or difficulty that's going on, health issues or finances, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen? This is what he's saying, and this is how important this is. So this is the message that we have to bring to a lost and dying world. This is what missions is all about. There are a lot of people that are doing mission work, but sad to say, they're not bringing the message of the person of Christ and the grace message. Paul says in Galatians chapter one, by the way, Paul was very angry. If you look at Galatians chapter one, you will see that the tenses that are used in the Greek language are in the imperative, command tenses. He says, I marvel That's, that you are so soon removed from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that would pervert 
the gospel of Christ and trouble you. And though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel other than that which you have received, let him be anathema. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't mean curse to hell. It means everything they do is devoted to destruction. It's pretty powerful. He said it twice. He said seven years. It was seven years from the time he planted to the, the church that legalism came in and began to infect the church. Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 talks about people coming in, creeping in unaware and bringing legalism into the very churches he planted in Acts 14, verse 3 with a word of grace, long time preaching the word of grace boldly. And Paul was not happy. I'm not so happy when I see gospels that are not true. This name it and claim it stuff, this money gospel, this presumptuous faith gospel. I preached at one of those churches one time, and uh, I don't know why I did this, but God led me to. I lied on the ground, and I said, my name is Lazarus, and I'm going to name and claim my own resurrection. They were not happy with me. Needless to say, there was no invite back. I said, it was Jesus who said, Lazarus, come forth. It wasn't Lazarus with his faith. And by the way, any faith that you and I have is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22? The fruit of the Spirit is what? It gives you all these fruits. I live by the faith of the Son of God, Galatians 2.20, Philippians 3.9, Habakkuk 2.4. It's God's faith. Hello? Because if you had faith in you before you got saved, you wouldn't be totally depraved. And I'm totally depraved. Are you with me? God gives faith. That's grace, a grace-given faith. Some people just don't get that. And so this gospel that we have is amazing. Paul said that the Holy Spirit witnessed to him in Acts 20, 22 and 23. He says, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there. But the Holy Spirit witnesses that in every city, bonds and affliction await me. How's that for a promise? Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. How's that one? Every place you go is going to be trouble. Huh? Boy, I don't want that kind of Christianity. Not that thing. Oh, no, no, no. Not that. Not that. He says, bonds and afflictions are just waiting for me. But I love the next verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Are you with me? It's one of my, hallelujah. You say amen. amen. One of my favorite verses. None of these things move me. Hello? Neither do I count my life dear unto myself that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of grace. That's what he said. I'm not going to be moved. We're bringing the gospel into a lost and dying world and what God desires so much is to have people like yourselves and like what I see in these leaders and men that will not be moved. It's amazing how people are being moved today moved away from truth, moved away from grace, moved away from mercy, moved away from the finished work, moved away from the faith of the Son of God. They're being moved. 
They're being moved. Many things will take place that all of a sudden will change people's perspective on how they interpret the Bible. Are you with me? Listen, whatever happens to me is for my sake. You like that one? Not many people like that, huh? I was sitting in prison in Jordan, and uh, I was beginning to wonder, how can this be for my sake? And uh, the men that were with me, they arrested all of us, and then they let them go. They said, you're the ringleader. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, guys. So they took me to their CIA in the mountains for three days, and they thought they could break me. But I said, I'm going to break you. You and your, whatever you call your, your religious beliefs. It's not going to happen. And I, I realize, and there are things that will happen in our lives as believers. And I don't know what's going to, I have no idea what will take place. I was one time upside down on an airplane in the Sudan, and I recognized this is not good. This plane is upside down. This is not good. You know, everything starts falling this way, you know, and you're like bending over like everything's coming out of you. I don't want to be too descriptive, but everything's coming out of you, and you realize I'm in the hand of God. Amen? All things are for what? Your sake. That boss at work, that person at the gas station, that situation that's going on, what's taking place in the marriage, what's going on in the church, even if there's things that go on that I don't particularly understand, all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace by through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause I faint not. Though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day, for our light affliction is but for a moment, and it works for you a far more exceeding Glory. Are you with me? But we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. The things that are seen are temporal. And God is saying, I'm allowing these things to happen in your life so you'll receive grace. The grace of God. This is the message. When I was in Rwanda, right around the genocide, a little girl told me, she said to me, I, my life was saved because I hid under the body parts of my family. She said to me, why did Jesus let this happen in our country? And to be honest with you, I didn't have an answer. It was so devastating just to see what was going, what happened there. 300,000 people were macheted to death in one night. Did you hear what I just said? 300,000 people in one night? Explain it. Can you explain that? It's evil. It's evil. It's the old sin nature. It's the devil. It's demons. But then how do you, here's this little girl crying, asking, everybody's gone in my family. What do I say? What do I tell her? It's really something else. You know, you might say you got the right words. I like to put you in that situation. Interesting. But we got this message of grace. And it is incredible. It's, an, it's the message of who God is in our lives. The grace of God. You know, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, uh, I, love, I, I remember this verse because I had 35 uh, cases of typhoid fever. You know what's awesome is what, what a reduction that is for your weight. I went, I went down 40 pounds in a matter of like just a few weeks. 
I ought to like patent that in a jar and, 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 and sell it. You sweat and you sweat and you sweat. And so they, they put me in the hospital. I was quarantined. Can you imagine that? Me quarantined? And they said to me, you can't leave here for a month. I said, oh, yeah, well, we'll see. So I had my, some of my men, like these guys over here. I said, I'm on the second floor. I'm going to open the window, and I'm going to come down with sheets because I have a convention to preach at. And I don't care how dizzy I am. And you know what happened? I actually got out of the doctor. I got out of the hospital. What do they call those things? IV poles? I had to bring them with me because they were wired into my skin. And I preached the message with the IV poles. And the message was Titus 2, 11 and 12. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and how to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And I, I was there, and I was like this, moving, and they were holding me, and I always remember that message. Grace, all about the grace of God. Then they snuck me back into the hospital. They moved me back into the hospital, these three men. And the doctor came the next day and says, you look wonderful. She says, you look like you're getting healed. I said, I am. I am. She says, look, you look better, way better than yesterday. It's all grace. Amen? In a marriage, it's grace. On a mission team, it's grace. We went to, when we went to Africa the first time, we had 17 people in one house. Try that on for size. Five people living in the garage. That was interesting. Then you got to raise your kid. I, I did that for a while, but then we changed how we did that. But what an interesting thing. But it takes the God of all grace to do that. Peter understood that. You know, Peter was such a, a person who was receptive of the grace of God. He talked about it as, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He said, the grace of God wherein we stand. He's the God of all grace who has called us to eternal glory. And don't get away from that message. Don't get away from that life. When you look at situations, troubles, trials, tests, persecution, things that might happen in our lives, or maybe I, I'm, I want to walk with God, but all these people around me are bringing pressure on my life as a young person to try to get me to do this and do that and do this, God will give you grace to withstand. Amen? Are you with me? He'll give you grace to withstand. These men that will be ordained tonight, <laughs> it's the God of all grace that's called you. I, I was so afraid of that. Pastor Stevens came up to me in 1982. He said, God's called you out of the drug and alcohol and prison ministry, and I believe that you're a pastor. I said to him right to his face, I used to trust your discernment. I said, you're wrong. You know what, you know what happened to me? I quit school. I, I went to be an engineer, then I went to be a teacher. I went, you have to have 40 courses to graduate from a four-year teaching college. You know what I quit? I quit with one, I did, there was one course I wouldn't take the finish. You know what it was? Speech. I feared speaking to people. I said, forget this teaching profession. I'm not going to do this. I quit. My wife said, like, are you okay? I said, I quit. I'm not going to stand in front of people and speak. So when he said you're going to be a pastor, I just said, your discernment is gone out the wrong way. He just smiled and walked away. 
And here we are years later doing the very thing that frightened the death out of me. By the way, I can, t- I can still tell you that when I, when I have to preach, I, can, there, I, I like it, tension, nervousness, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear, a little bit of wondering, is this gonna work? A little bit of what am I doing here? But then I say, God, give me what? Grace. I need grace, grace, and more grace. I, I once preached a message called Triple Grace from Galatians 2.9. Paul said, when they perceived the grace that was given to me, as personally, they extended to me the right hand of fellowship, that's in the church, that we should go to the nations, that's the gospel. That was a triple grace message. And that's what we have. I don't want just to have grace for myself, I want grace for my relationship with you, and grace to bring the message to a lost and dying world. There's people waiting out there for us, my friends. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. I met a man one time in Morocco. I gave him a booklet about grace and a little New Testament. He was an imam. Saved. Not only did he get saved, now he was under a death sentence. He said, what are you going to do with me? I said, don't worry about a thing. God's grace is sufficient. And they're, they're out there waiting. They're out there waiting, and you say, oh, come on, you must be joking. Listen, I've been doing this for 40 years. There's people that are out there. They're in a, they're in a cemetery, Mark chapter 5. They're by a well. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well? She's on her fifth husband. Would you talk to her? By the way, I always wonder why the disciples, all 12 of them, uh, had to go get food. Couldn't somebody stay with him? Why does everybody have to go? Well, you don't do that here at Midtown. When somebody's got to get food, one person goes, right? They all go and leave him alone. He's all alone, and this woman at the well, and she, he says, give me to drink, right? And she says, you, a Jew, are asking of a Samaritan to give you the drink? She says, by the way, the well is deep, and you have no water bucket, nothing, nothing to draw with. And I love this verse, it was my, one of my favorite verses. If you knew the gift, and really that speaks of the gift of God himself, and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you what? Living water. And she got saved. By the way, if you, if you take a look at church history, why was Acts 8 so open for Philip? I believe that woman had a lot to do with it. She said, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Is not this the Christ? This grace message, if you knew the gift. Listen to this verse, Romans 8, 32. If God spared not his only son, will he not with him freely give you all things? What's the problem? What do you think? Is God holding back on you? God will give you everything you need. You sit there and you say, well, I'm 22 years old and, you know, i got to live another 50, 60 years. Like, is God going to provide for me? Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yes. Do we really believe that God, did God take care of two and a half million people in the wilderness? Hello. Did they? Were they taken care of? What's the big deal? Me going to Egypt. Me going to Iran. We just started a new church in Iran. Pray for it. We're in the capital. I love it. They told me I should go. I look Iranian. 
I said, we'll see if God leads. I'm going to have to dye my hair, though, because they all have very black hair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. It's okay if you do, but I'm not doing that, you know. I'm just not doing that. But what an opportunity we have to be receivers of grace. We have a throne of grace. Amen? Have you ever, anybody here ever been in any ever kind of trouble ever? Any kind of trouble ever? Anybody here? Huh? Anybody? Yes? Yeah. Come boldly to the throne of grace where you will get grace to help and mercy in time of need. God says, I've got so much for you. I think we, are, we have such an opportunity to be receivers from God on a daily basis. We don't realize what God wants to give. I never, I never understood that when we, we went to Ghana, I was with my wife and two small children, and we were there, and we didn't even really have the right visas at all. We, we didn't go with like a lot of money, like about $1,000. You know, all these people tell me about all the money they got to go on the mission field. Really? God bless you. But God provided. Right? There's 18,000 people coming to Greater Grace Churches in Africa. We didn't do that. God did that. Did God take care of it? Man said to me, you want to uh, rent my house? I said, yes, I do. He said, $700 a month. I said, I'll give you 50 bucks. He goes, are you nuts? Do you, have, do you have malaria? I said, maybe I do, but $50 is my best offer. And he said, you're nuts. I said, 50 bucks. Think about it. God will bless your farm. His wife said, I know this man. I saw him evangelizing. Let's give it a try. I got the house for $50, seven bedrooms, because I had 20-something people coming, and a back house. You know what happened to his farm? Today it's the largest farm in West Africa. God blessed his business because he helped the mission. God takes care. He's called, I think he's called the provider in Genesis 22. The Lord sees and the Lord provides. He's the God of all grace. He's got grace for the thorn. He's got grace for the problems, grace for the tests, grace for the difficult personalities that we can be at times. I said to my wife, I don't know how you've done this. 50 years with me? You must be, I said, this has got to be God. This has to be God. 50 years. He's the God of all grace. That's his fullness. That's his glory. It's said even in the beginning of his life in Luke 2, 40 and 52, the grace of God was upon him. This is amazing. And it's available. Whatever the need is, whatever the situation is, whatever the problem is, whatever I'm, what's ever taking place in my life, step by step, year after year, God is there. They're 80 years old going to Malawi. That's the God of what? All grace. When we consider missions, we consider abundant grace. We consider much more grace. I love Romans. I'm closing soon. I know we have a lot on the agenda tonight. But I consider Romans chapter 5, verse 2, where Paul says, by faith we have access into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. By the way, study some of you that I know that you know a lot about this church history, study the church in Rome. The church in Rome was known by two C's, two C's. 
the catacombs and the Colosseum. They lived underground, four levels. There was four levels, and all the Christians lived underground, eight miles outside of the city of Rome. That's where they lived, that's where their chapels were. And the other one, only other place they were seen was when they were martyred in the Colosseum. And this church was given a commission in Romans 1, 5 through 8. Romans 15 talks about seven nations they should go to. This church, under that kind of pressure, people say, you know, what's going on in the States? And by, oh, by the way, let me say something about America. Can I? 75% of all missions and mission money comes from this country. Richard Wormbrand says, criticism of America is satanic. How do you like that? Huh? I know there's things wrong, but God has used this country to reach the world. Everywhere you'll go, you'll find people somehow back during the days, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, it's mo the money that comes from here and the people that come from here have changed this world. That's why we're hated so much, because the potential is enormous. Hello? And by the way, I, I've been in Africa 30 years, but I love America. Are you with me? I didn't hear an amen on that. Come on now. This is our country, right? This is our country. Highly privileged, with great opportunities. We can have a Bible. I've been in so many countries, you can't have a Bible. It's illegal. See, it's good that I got this microphone on my chest because my, my other one's over here. It's illegal in this country. Where are you tonight? Where are you tonight? You're in what? You're in church. You can't have churches in countries. I know. I tried to do them and found myself, huh, forget it, deported or behind bars. This is an awesome country with great opportunity. We can have church. We can have a Bible. We can evangelize. We can evangelize. You can't evangelize in many places around this world. Did you know that? What a privilege. And by the way, we take that privilege and we go with it. We go with it, and we bring it to a lost and dying world, and in closing, we bring this gospel of grace, the gospel of the nature and the character of God. And he says in Romans chapter 5, verses 9, 10, 15, 17, and 20, it's much more. God wants to give us much more, much more, much more. Are you content with where you're at? Hmm? I'm content with God, but I'm not satisfied. I want to see, we're in 80 countries now, I'd like to see us in 150. We're in 25 countries in Africa, I want all 55. How's that, huh? You say you're getting old and ornery, yep. I want all 55 countries. I want us to be in China and Cambodia and Asia and all these different places, because we've got a message, amen? And God has given us an opportunity to bring it. By the way, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? You die and go to heaven. Whatever, you know. I'm not so much in love with this world that I gotta stay here forever. Hello? Listen, I, we've got a message. We've got a Jesus Christ who loves us. The person of God. His heart, his life, he came. He came. Livingstone said God had an only son and he was a missionary. He came. He came. 
and here we are, let's go, okay? Don't worry about what Jack or John sitting next to you is gonna do with their life. You think about you and God, and say, you know what? I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna believe God. I've, got a, I've been saved by grace. I've got a message of grace. I've got the God of all grace. I've got the power of grace. I've got the authority of grace. By the way, Satan hates grace. There's only two times in the Bible where Satan flees. Matthew 4.11, Jesus gives him the word and it says he fled. And James 4 Verses 6 through 8, when you're submitted to the God of all grace, Satan flees. He hates the, he, he's afraid of the word, and he's afraid of grace. So if you're a word of grace believer, Satan runs from you. Hello. Hello. I don't fear the enemy. Come on. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Let's go forward, Amen. Let's, let's make the fo well, focus is gone. Let's make the mission focus. <laughs> let's make the mission focus. We're focusing on Jesus Christ, the God of all grace, who's given us a gospel to bring to a lost and dying world. And I like the song you sang. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. And this grace was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than you all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Amen? Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift. We know the gift. We know the gift. We thank you. We've got this message of the gospel. It's good news, glad tidings to the ear of the hearer. We thank you tonight. The last words of the Bible, the last words, talks about grace. 14 of Paul's epistles begin with grace to you and end with grace with you. The last words of the Bible the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit using John's last words. Peter's last words, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's last words, 2 Timothy 4.22, the grace of God be with you. What was on their mind? The God of all grace. We thank you tonight. May we never allow this message to be stolen from us. For Satan is a thief and a liar. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have this amazing message of the person of Christ. The finished work. Even the Bible is a word of grace. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. What a, we have a word of grace. Thank you. We've got the calling. We've got the eternal purpose that's in grace. We thank you tonight. We thank you for this ministry. The ministries here, the churches here that are gathered together, each precious one that God has saved you by grace. 
God doesn't want to just save us, but he wants us to be available to him in a calling and a purpose. Second Timothy says that in 1.9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. It's eternal. It's eternal grace. Before the world began. We thank you tonight. If you're here, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You simply just have to make a decision tonight. Jesus, save me. You're not joining in. You're letting Christ join you. Jesus, save me tonight. You paid for all of my sins. I put my faith in you tonight. I receive you tonight as my personal savior. I don't know everyone that's here. Maybe you're here and Jesus Christ can change your life. I talked to two people in the last couple of days that received Christ right here during Missions Focus. We thank you. That's your prayer tonight. We want to pray for you. Just put your hand in the air. Jesus, save me tonight. Save me. It's not putting the hand that saves you. It's a decision. Save me. Save me tonight. And if you're here tonight and you say, oh God, I desire so much to be a receiver of this abundant grace. Help me. He says you get grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. Help me, God. I don't know what's been happening in my life, but I need your help. I come boldly to the throne of grace to get grace and mercy to help in time of need. Help me, God. I cry out to the God of all grace. Help me. Help me. Help me in my marriage. Help me in my ministry. Help me at my job. Help me in my family. Help me. Help me in making decisions to glorify God. Help me. Hebrews 13 talks about God being my helper. We thank you tonight. We pray that you would touch us. We thank you for this ministry. Thank you that we have such an opportunity, such a glorious gospel. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.